0: Welcome to Sibylline Podcasts, part of our World Risk Register threat monitoring service. These podcasts are released on a weekly basis, covering timely and relevant topics. In these discussions, we hope to shed light on evolving scenarios and provide actionable predictions and implications. We hope you enjoy listening and welcome any feedback. Hello and welcome to another Sibylline Insight Series podcast. Uh, We're here today with our uh, sub saharan Africa analyst, Ben Manzin to discuss the situation as it currently stands in Sudan and go over uh, some of the uh, developments there over the course of the last couple of weeks. As I'm sure a lot of our listeners are aware, earlier in the year, the uh, opposition protest movement took off in uh, Sudan and that built over the period of several months and led to the downfall of the uh, president of some 30 years, Omar al-Bashir. And that left us in a situation where the protest movement was effectively engaging in uh, negotiations with uh, a transitional military council, or the TMC, as it's been dubbed. Uh, And then last week, effectively, those negotiations started to fail. So Ben, why don't you tell us uh, why that happened?
1: So essentially, negotiations hit a deadlock over the issue of the Sovereignty Council in which both the TMC and the Forces of Freedom and Change, the group representing civilian protesters, both wished to maintain a majority in that uh, governance body. For the military, it was particularly crucial as this was the primary avenue in which key figures would retain control of their assets and power. Key figures, most notably Lieutenant General Abdel Fattah. Al-Burhan, the leader of the TMC, and uh, Mohammed Hamdan Dagalo, De the deputy and leader of the Rapid Support Forces militia group. After some weeks of negotiation, these figures began to make visits to uh, regional allies, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates, who were already heavily invested in Sudan, having given three billion U.S. dollars uh, to support the TMC and having and had an a, a uh, entrenched relationship with the leadership of the TMC through their involvement in the conflict in Yemen and uh, this
0: is when the leaders of the TMC were effectively part of the previous administration under Bashir right? absolutely yeah. yeah
1: also i think it's fair to say that these these countries were particularly interested in, in the revolution the fall of al bashir because of the legacy of the arab spring The UAE and Saudi Arabia have utilised the legacy of that event to basically uh, reinforce the importance of law and order. They repeatedly make reference to the failures of those revolutions. And so the democratisation of Sudan following a successful revolution would have been... Um, arguably not in their interests. So it appears that in these um, visits made by the leader of the TMC, they received some sort of statement of support, which encouraged them to the belief that they they would be in a good position to utilise force to essentially break this deadlock with the protesters. And, you know, immediately after their return, you know, the visits were made at the end of May, and in, in, the, in the week immediately following that, you saw figures like de Gallo in particular really change their whole tone with regards to talking about the protesters, saying that the sit-in protest, which had been outside the uh, Ministry of Defence since the fall of Omar al-Bashir... In Khartoum. In right? Khartoum, in central Khartoum saying that this was a site of criminality, it threatens national stability, and that something needed to be done in order to ensure stability. And that was the role of the military. And shortly after that, on the 3rd of June, you saw the Rapid Support Forces forcefully go in and clear out the sit-in site, deploy heavily through Khartoum and, and throughout much of Sudan. Uh, resulting in the deaths of over 100 people in the immediate crackdown and over the following days. This, of course, uh, caused the forces of freedom and change to say, we're breaking off negotiations with the TMC after and launching a, a civil disobedience campaign and general strike. To which the TMC stated all agreements that had been made up to that point were to be called off and that an election would be held in nine months time, widely seen as an effort to shoehorn in a government that would be compliant to them with the legitimacy or faux legitimacy of of an election.
0: So, I mean, from the way you've described it, then, you know, the, the TMC or um, vested interests in the military and, and representatives of the previous regime look like they've effectively seen off these protests, right? You know, they, they built and built, you know, momentum over the course of several months. And, you know, having received or, you know, presumably received assurances from foreign supporters in uh, Egypt, the UAE, and, and Saudi Arabia, now the military's felt able to effectively break off negotiations. So, what uh, am I right in thinking that they're likely to come back to the negotiations? Table again, if you know their hand is forced by other external parties, maybe the USA or um, the European Union.
1: So there's no question about whether or not they will return to the negotiating table. Um, They had said, pretty rapidly actually, that they would be willing to engage in negotiations. And, and and since then, um, Ethiopian mediators have stated that both parties have agreed to re engage in negotiations. The, the the key issue is Will these negotiations be conducted in good spirit? Are they willing to uh, engage in a genuine transition to a civilian transitional government? And the answer to that, I, I think, is, is no, uh, or rather it's so, highly unlikely. So any renewed negotiations are just a, a sop for uh, foreign observers, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. So we've seen you know, the US being quite vocal in its opposition to uh, the clampdown Figures like John Bolton um, tweeting that it's unacceptable, and there's been some suggestion that a call was made to Saudi Arabia to utilise its regional uh, influence to resolve this situation. But other than forcing um, a number of ca- uh, figures in the region and the, the TMC to make aesthetic commitments to negotiations, this is unlikely to impact the, outco- the outcome of any of any talks. Um, I mean,
0: just just dwelling on the the point about the you know the u.s uh, relationship with sudan i mean what options do they have really to um uh, you know force the tmc back to uh, the negotiating table i mean other than sort of uh, requesting that saudi arabia exerts its kind of you know uh, greater influence uh, over figures like de gallo and and so on um it doesn't seem that washington has that many angles i mean the Sudan's already relatively isolated economically yeah. I, I mean it, it, the us already has a fairly strict sanctions regime against the country right
1: not a, not a sanctions regime as such they they maintained the Sudan on the list of state sponsors of terrorism this is this is a classification that the Sudanese government have been working to get rid of but aside from simply withholding the removal the removal of that classification it seems unlikely that the US would be willing to reimpose sanctions mostly because i don't think the US is particularly interested in in getting bogged down and engaged in in Sudan i i think they would much prefer to have some stability in that country frankly if they if they have a sudanese government which is working closely with saudi arabia Uh, the UAE and other regional allies, well, these are powers which are also aligned with the US, broadly speaking. Um, These are powers who are working together to isolate Iran, for example. So I don't think it would be in the US's interest to encourage significant instability in Sudan. I think what they are interested in doing is being seen to oppose human rights abuses and to be seen to be encouraging a transition to democracy. And as long as the TMC can behave in a way which suggests that to observers, at least, they are making some efforts in that regard. As long as they can say, "Look, we we are engaging in negotiations. Our concerns are simply about law and order," which is a message supported by the UAE and Saudi Arabia, who, you know, while making some statements about being concerned by the crackdown, have similarly stated, "We are still supporters of stability and law and order." It seems unlikely that the US would be willing to to do anything more than that so that's why that's why the tmc are engaging in these negotiations that's why th- um these are taking place because they need to be seen to be doing that
0: so i mean having uh, spelled out the that scenario there i mean how do you expect to see it evolve over the course of the next six months i mean effectively what you've said is that you know the, the negotiations are being conducted if not in bad faith and at least in a, a state of some indifference on the part of the tmc about the prospective outcome and if you know opposition movement uh, movements, including you know, the FFC, um, can't realistically expect to get anything out of the protests. You know, where do you see this going over the course of uh, uh, yeah, the rest of 2019?
1: Well, for a start, I think we're going to see significant splintering among the forces for freedom and change. There are already um, groups who are looking at the resumption of talks and saying, look, this is the same transitional military council that attacked us there have been no changes. And, and they're pointing to moments such as recent statements by the military that are saying, look, we're investigating the attacks on civilians and we found a number of culprits. And the figures that they're pointing at are soldiers within the military. But the protesters have stated, and it's widely agreed, that the attacks on civilians were launched by the Rapid Support Forces, which would make de Gallo accountable and as deputy of the TMC, he is not going to countenance any kind of serious investigation which would impact his position. The uh, op- the, the opposition protesters have seen that, and are therefore you know op- opposed to this re-engagement in negotiation. So, as this as a talks proceed, we're likely to see some groups call for protests and others to call for continued engagement in dialogue this will weaken uh, the position of the protesters and will likely mean that there are concessions made to um, either the military dominance of a transitional government or the military will be in a position to, to pick a civilian majority which is comprised of those who it approves of and that it can influence this is likely to drive further protests from groups who claim that this is a continuation of the government that existed under Omar al-Bashir and enduring um, protest action through Khartoum. This is likely to diminish over the coming kind of months as protester fatigue set- sets in, but I think at a low level will continue through 2019.
0: Okay. So yeah, so effectively you know what we're looking at or, and any businesses that may have uh, ties with Sudan over the course of the next uh, several months are so really just a, a continuation, perhaps, of, of the state of affairs that that's preceded. Um, you know these latest developments, Absolutely. as in, a, you know, a degree of deadlock. So some negotiations going on, but really i guess we'd say uh, you know a a lack of the government itself is stable but there's no clear direction in terms of policy and so on Uh, and obviously you know the uh, reactions of international actors whether it be the the us um, saudi arabia or so on have the capacity to redirect this you know this course of events as we've seen over the course of the last couple of weeks so um yeah it doesn't sound uh, like we're going to see any substantive changes anytime soon in sudan i suspect not okay well thank you very much ben and if you uh, want to uh, learn more or, or ask us any more on this topic, um, please get in touch with us at info at Thank you for listening, and we hope you have found this podcast useful. If you would like to learn more about our services, or if you have any questions or feedback, please get in touch at info at